2: It is the best of the Joe show, running back some of the best audio you've heard here on 560 The Joe over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. Please follow me on Twitter at Dan Day Radio. It would be very, 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 very much appreciated. I very, very much appreciate you spending time with me afternoons here on 560 The Joe. And I like spending time with you, so let's get it going. Let's do it. Let's spend quality time. Together, And we're going to make it quality on the way with the Joe Rose Show talking to a man who was a bad man in the NFL, Takeo Spikes, talking about what this season is going to look like and possibly what the Dolphins will do. Then the Dan Levitard Show talks to former NBA coach Stan Van Gundy. He tells us about all the protests and what seems to be going on. Inside the Orlando bubble then finally my dude dudes Hawk and Crowder gonna get you moving gonna get you grooving gonna get you going right now Let's move on to these headlines several sporting events including the NBA playoffs and Inter Miami's MLS game were canceled yesterday in wake of the Jacob Blake shooting the NBA does want to resume the season They will not play tonight, but could restart tomorrow The Marlins have established a $420,000 scholarship fund to the Jackie Robinson Foundation. They play the Mets tonight at 7. The Dolphins plan to cut running back Kalen Balazs and sign Salvin Ahmed off waivers to take his place. CBS Sports predicts the Canes to finish 8-3 and play Arkansas State in the Holiday Bowl. Miami opens the season September 10th, which is a Thursday against UAB at Hard Rock Stadium in front of limited fans. The Panthers hope to have a new GM soon. They continue to interview candidates. The team parted ways with former GM Dale Talon two weeks ago. South Florida resident Naomi Osaka has pulled out of today's Western and Southern Tennis Open semifinal in protest of the Jacob Blake shootings. The tournament has been postponed. And now, let's go ahead and take a step into the day spa. A man in Ireland recently had his lost wallet returned to him after 20 years. It still had his ID and cards in it, but no cash. So I'm guessing not just a finder's fee, but a holder's fee too. A message in a bottle was found in Delaware after 35 years. Once again, a long time to have to wait for someone to send more beer. A man in Germany cut off both of his ears and spent thousands of dollars on tattoos and plastic surgery to make his head look like a skull. Life's full of choices, or in his case, bad choices. Stressed elephants in Poland are part of a new study where scientists will give them medical marijuana in hopes of calming them. Hey, um, can I be a stressed elephant too? Now on the to weather, tonight's forecast cloudy with temperatures in the mid 80s. I've been waking up in the morning and I've been drinking tea lately. Why tea? I don't know, it makes me less jittery and it keeps me pretty focused and I feel better at myself, I sleep better at night, but I'm still getting my Joe in the morning. Not coffee! The Joe Rose Show weekdays from 6 to 10 right here on 560. The Joe, earlier today, they caught up with a guy who did it all in the NFL, Takeo Spikes. I can't even remember him back when he played at Auburn. What were they talking about? Well first, they got into the thoughts on the NBA boycott, then what this NFL season will look like Thoughts on the rookies and how tough it's going to be for them this season, they take a look at the new NFL, who's the beast in the AFC East, and then Tua's future.
3: Shaquille, we got a lot to get to, but I want to start with uh, the powerful statement that was made in the Orlando bubble last night that spread through sports. What were your thoughts as you were watching the whole thing last night and yesterday, the news?
4: It's been an emotional roller coaster. Uh, number one. One thing that I can say, I am very, very proud of the guys in the NBA for standing up for, so- for, for something that's way bigger than them, including LeBron James. The solidarity that they showed and displayed as a whole. It was so infectious that inside the NBA TV show, Kenny Smith, the host, he decided to say, you know what, I stand in solidarity with the players. They understand that it's going to take something like this in order to create change. More than just talking about it, but just actually doing things to where the ramifications are going to be. Obviously, if we don't play, we don't make money, but we don't stop this whole show. And nobody, everybody is going to be affected, including the TV companies, including people who had deals with the TV companies that they needed to fulfill. We want to make sure everybody is paying attention because truth be told, when you look at the NBA, I don't know roughly the exact percentage. 70, 80% of the guys in the NBA, at least 80% of the guys maybe in the NBA are black. And so they understand we're not immune to this cause. We're not immune to what's going on because they understand the only reason why it wasn't me is because I wasn't there. And that's commendable. By them. And I appreciate that from them. Tell you what, it was powerful. If
3: everybody wondered what the Orlando bubble would get done from when these guys started, you couldn't have made a stronger statement than it was made. Whether you liked it or didn't like it, it was made and it was powerful last night so uh i was just curious uh, watching as a former player and in the nfl but your your thoughts on that whole thing hey by the way uh talking about the nfl just to change uh, ch- change pages here what is the nfl gonna look like with no preseason what do you expect the first couple of games to look like with no tackling, even limited blocking that's probably not at full speed a lot, to all of a sudden show up for that first game, what do you think it'll look like for the first few
4: weeks? Will it affect it? It still will be good from the fanfare. Like, let's not get it twisted. More than anything, I would think you will see offenses being a little ahead of defenses because just naturally, when you look at the game, defensive players, we react to what offensive players do. Anyway, offensively, they want to dictate the pace of the game and they want to dictate how everything is played. Will we still see good football? Of course we will. I I don't know if the timing will be there per se across the board. This is the beautiful thing about professional sports. When you make it to that level, every week gets better and better. And so I would say probably by week three, week four, you will start to see guys hit in their groove more as collectively as a group. And then also, as as the weeks continue to go, you will start seeing teams to hit their their groove a little faster. And so, you know, one team in mind that really comes to play is when I think about this, it's just like Tampa Bay Bucs. Everybody wants to know what are they going to do with Tom Brady. Gronk came back. Tom Brady finally has some toys that he has not had consistently throughout his time in New England. And so I think that will be a good indication to see how far – well, how well they're gelling together and, how well they're not, just depending on what goes on the first few weeks of the season.
0: Takeo, how hard is it going to be for rookies or guys like that with no preseason games, with not a lot of hitting in, in training camp? How hard is that adjustment going to be? Uh, maybe not just the first few weeks, but you know the, the first season of their careers and even making the team for some undrafted guys without being able to hit somebody and really show. How, how interesting is this start of the season for guys like that, the rookies and the undrafted guys?
4: Th- that's who is going to hurt the most the young guys because I as I go back and I think when I came in listen it was hard enough just to remember how to play within the scheme like that was the ultimate goal when you got there how can I earn my teammates trust but now you got rookies coming in who don't have the liberty to be able to make a mis- make a mistake and you can be like you know what we still we still gonna be on your ass but it it doesn't <laughs> count because it's preseason and so now it's like Okay, now I gotta appease my big brothers. I have to appease the guys, the coaches. You can't do that unless you start with yourself. I do think the the lack of growth for young guys who are coming into the system, in particular, when you look at just across the board, but you know the linebacker position, guys who are coming in playing the mic, the safety position, those two positions right there are going to be very hard for young guys to come in because. Not only do you know what the, what you have to do, you have to understand what everybody else is doing and get them set and get them aligned and to be able to make the checks to make sure everybody is on the same page. That's going to be the difficult task.
3: The other one I want to bring up, because you are old school now, um, you caught two-a-days, man. You caught the old school two-a-days, like, hey, we're coming yeah. back out in the afternoon. Uh, these guys, I watched practice yesterday, one hour, kind of... Another 30 minutes of teaching and stretching and stuff. Hey, guys, we're getting to meetings later on today. Uh, It's a lot different. You think it's hurt the game overall, or do you like the new NFL?
4: I like the new NFL. I played 15 years going through those damn tour days. Listen, I spent (laughs) – let me think about this in training camp. I spent 15 years, 15 months. I spent a year and three months out of my lifetime in training camp. And so do I like it? The new NFL, yeah, I do. I, I, I spoke with guys who I had on my podcast, Grady Jarrett, Carlos Dunlap, Trey Waynes, all of these guys. They said the schedule, the intensity of it is more conducive to the longevity of the game now. They're not having the 2 days They're not getting beat up. And back then, we were having 2 of days and then the special team practice really was another <laughs> practice too. Right. So, hell, you had 3 of days I might need to be calling back. Refund the more I think about it.
3: <laughs> oh, it was. It was a lot more hitting. It was, it, it was a, a crazy, crazy time for sure. Well, listen, you played on some different teams. We want to ask you about the old AFC so You just mentioned Brady. And is it time? Are the Bills a better team right now, or is it still about Bill and Cam and the Patriots?
4: I truly believe it's, it's, this is a 1A, 1B conversation. I don't know who will be the one. I'll tell you this right now, until that team is. D-Crown, they are the champs. And you have to go and look at it that way with the New England Patriots, Uh, especially since they picked up Cam Newton. And now you're starting to hear reports. Cam is now picking up. Like the other day I heard, oh, Cam now is taking – he's taking the lead. He's taking more reps than the ones. That's not headlines. We all – I know I expected that. (laughs) We knew
3: knew that was happening.
4: Uh, I agree. Yeah, we knew it was happening. But one thing I will say is this, with Buffalo, I can truly say this is – The best team Buffalo has had in years. I say that because the quarterback is coming back, having the experience. You look at how they advanced last year, winning their first playoff game since 99. It eventually got put out, but I love what these guys are doing. I'm a big fan of Sean McDermott, number one. And he built this team the same way teams were built in Carolina. And I love the back end when you talk about Tredavis White, Micah Hyde. Even on the offensive side, to see the emergence of Devin Singletary, the running back, when you look at John Brown, the pickup of Stephon Diggs, I like it. And now what I really want to see them to do is to see Josh Allen to be able to come back. Because in that playoff game, and I mentioned this before, when he when they were eliminated, he came and took ownership at the podium before anybody said anything. For me as a player, that is huge. It's huge because he understands that they probably would have won that game if he would not have panicked. If he would have made maybe two throws, they would have won that playoff game. And so I see the upside for the Buffalo Bills is tremendous with the up under the leadership of Sean McDermott.
0: Takeo, I got to ask you this. We'll stay in the AFC East for a second, but I also want you to put on your SEC hat for a second. The Dolphins with the number five pick overall pick Tua up, and hopefully he's going to be their franchise guy, what they think, what the fans think. Uh, What you saw in college, how you think that's going to transition to the NFL? What do you think going forward the Dolphins are going to get? Maybe not this year, maybe next year starting, but from Tua and maybe the the possible franchise quarterback.
4: Definitely, I think he has the ability. I think we all think he has the ability to be a franchise quarterback, but you have to look at where the NFL is at during this time. You look, Just look at the AFC East. You look at Cam Newton in New England. You look at Tua down in Miami, and you look at Buffalo with Josh Allen. You have three out of the four quarterbacks in the AFC East are mobile. So it goes to show you people are putting a, a, a high premium on guys who can go out and do certain things that – conventionally, haven't been done. What I love about it is, with Tua, I watched him play against my Auburn Tigers. I hated him, too. Hated him. Came in the SEC Championship, and, and you know, you look at the crunch times. You remember, he wasn't even starting. Replaced uh, Jalen Hurts, came in the SEC Championship game, and dropped. Bomb! So, when when you see that, you see his potential. I don't see why he can't be whatever he wants to be. So, the ceiling really, he doesn't have a ceiling. Because I just think, from a his athletic ability, talent-wise. Now, there's some things that we didn't see him at Alabama, and I'm talking about intermediate routes, but you can't – I don't judge him off of that just because their offense didn't require him to do that. When you have talents out there like a Jerry, Judy, and guys like that, yeah, I'm throwing straight nine routes. Or I'm going (laughs) to load the box, do play action, now I can go up top. So – so I guess what I'm trying to say is when you look at them overall, guys, you're trying to decide whether or not if Tua is going to be the guy. I'm going to tell you who a lot of pressure is on looking at their offensive team and just looking at the coaches. The pressure is going to be on their coaches, Brian Flores, and offensive coordinator Chan Gailey to not only get creative but to understand what he does well and play to his, his parts. Nikhil,
3: it's been great having you, man. We really appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us today and uh, talk. I hope we get to get you again soon, man, once this thing gets going. Thank you.
4: All right, guys. Have a good one. Joe Rose
2: always getting you the skinny on what's going down, basically on sports in general. South Florida, the world, life. Uh, What else would you expect from the man that caught Dan Marino's first touchdown? Mm -mm -mm. Up next, we're going to kick it over to another Miami legend, Dan Lebetard, he's talking to the legendary coach and now announcer Stan Van Gundy inside the NBA bubble. This is the Best of the Joe Show.
5: Be moving to Montanos.
2: Back on the best of the Joe show, running back some of the best audio you've heard right here on 560 the Joe over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, and you can hear me right here on this show weekdays from 6 to 7. Earlier in the day, don't get it confused, it's a different Dan. I'm sure you don't get it confused, I'm just saying. From 10 to noon now, the Dan Levitard Show. Earlier, they caught up with former NBA coach and now announcer inside the Orlando bubble, Stan Van Gundy talking about bad and finally, you know, and finally. There's a bad one. You'll hear it in just a second. And also the NBA protest. Criticisms are coming from both sides. And finally, Disney World is the second largest purchaser of explosives in the United States. Surprise Disney is second considering how badly the art of the com the art of conversation bombed. Oh wow!
6: Oh, she wow. stumbled too because she <laughs> that was is afraid a of it. Stumble, yeah. wow! Yes, it was a stumble, but it was making fun of me, so they cancel each other out.
0: <laughs> right? Uh, wow! Mistake, bad mistake. Your worst mistake since you started with us, but a great shot at Dan. We're even.
6: Uh, stumbled on the punchline though. I think uh, I think Christine failed there. You want to try it again? Okay. Let's, let's do it again. Let's do it again. We can <laughs> start the whole thing over. <laughs> hold again. up! Hold up! All right, go ahead. And
2: finally, Disney World is the second largest purchaser of explosives in the United States, Surprise Disney is second considering how
6: badly the art of conversation bombed. You know what, I think that's a reach. I think that, <laughs> I think that joke doesn't even work. Uh, you lasted two episodes, I mean. That's true. Um, <laughs> I just think as a joke, it doesn't quite work. But thank you, Christine, for your, cruel, your cruelty and your uh, meanness. Dan, can you help me out here with everything that's happening? Uh, Go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. I ruined it because Mike was pointing to you, and I didn't know what he was pointing at because he was just pointing to a corner of the room.
1: I was going to say the joke bombed because nobody's ever heard of the art of conversation.
6: Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad I went to it. Stan Van Gundy with
5: us on ESPN Radio. Uh, hey, Dan, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. Before we get into this, I have a question for Christine. I know the job market is tough, but are you telling me this is the best you could do for a job working with these oh, guys? Oh, for the love of God, Stan. <laughs> I mean, I know the economy has gone south, but come on.
6: Okay, uh, listen, uh, there's a pandemic going on and people have to make compromises. Uh, Stan Van Gundy is the star of That's the bubble. a big one right there. Okay, yeah. knock it off, Stan. It, I've it, had about
0: enough of this. It didn't stop you from doing it, I mean. <laughs> This tone's been bad all <laughs> segment.
6: I'm sorry, Stan. He's, <laughs> he's the star of the bubble, TNT, TBS. I'm curious what you make of the reaction to the the guys protesting, the NBA players protesting. What was uh, your reaction to the reaction? Not because I know you're supporting the
5: players. I mean, the reaction is sort of all over the place. I mean, I think it depends on what you're talking about. I think there's a lot of people who are very proud of what they did. Listen, here's the thing: is They have caught criticism a little bit on both sides. So there's the shut up and dribble crowd who doesn't think they should have been kneeling and doesn't think they should be taking this action not to play. But then there's also people who think they're not doing enough. This is just symbolic. You're not doing anything. So they're catching it on both sides. And to me, it's unfair both ways. I mean, these are young people who are seeing problems They are taking action, trying to do things, draw attention to the issue, and even trying to find solutions and a lot of initiatives that they're supporting, and they're frustrated. And yeah, they haven't yet figured out the best way to do this. I mean, my question to the people, I have two questions for the people who are criticizing them. And number one is, what's your solution then? And number two is, what are you doing? Because these guys are trying, and I think they should be commended and I understand the frustration they feel. Will what they're doing work? Will it bring change? I don't know. There's a lot of people out there working trying to bring change, and if there were good or easy answers to this, we'd already have these things solved. So I applaud them in trying to figure it out. I think they'll meet today and try to figure out their best path forward, and there's a lot of things to consider, but All respect to the players for what they're trying to do.
0: Dan, what would you like to see them do next?
5: That's an interesting question because I don't know the answer either. I mean, I think in one way, they, they have a bigger platform while they're playing, but is that platform the best way to achieve change? Or could they be home in their cities, working with grassroots organizations there, where maybe their presence brings more people into the fold, and maybe those protests have more of an impact on local leaders? I think that's some of the things the players are trying to figure out right now, is the way they can have the most impact. And that's why I respect what they're doing. I really do think that's their decision. They want to impact the situation, and they're trying to figure out the best best way to do it and I'm not sure anybody can say for sure what the best way is. You said
6: what you would ask the shut up and dribble people but what do you make of the shut up and dribble people? Like what's happening there?
5: I think in in all of us at times whatever the issues are and it's different for different people, uh, all too often our answer is we just want to go into denial and so I think there's the crowd that wants to think everything is great in this country And there's no problem with racial oppression and things like that. And when they sit down to escape or have fun in their world and watch a game, they don't want to be confronted with an uncomfortable reality. They just want to live in their world where they can enjoy the basketball and not have to face. The issue—that's that, what I think is going on—and um, you know, there's a there's a lot of denial uh, out there on a lot of different things, but certainly when it comes to race, I think a lot of a lot of people of my skin color are very uncomfortable talking about it, and they don't want it thrown in their face.
6: Uh, You reacted to an NPR report, the alleged Kenosha shooter, a 17-year-old Blue Lives Matter supporter, described himself as a member of a local militia who went to the city to assist police, according to videos posted on social media. You reacted with, there are no blue lives, there are no blue people. Being a police officer is the job they chose. It is a public job paid for by us. It is the civic responsibility of the people to hold public officials accountable, protesting against police brutality, is not hating police. As it regards the division that we have in this country about the police, what does Stan Van Gundy need people to know on that front?
5: Yeah, what I wanted people to know, what I was trying to say there is, I think too often we get forced into these... False choices, or at least people try to force us into, you know, are you for the protesters or are you for the police? Well, that's not the issue. The issue is we have a real problem here in our criminal justice system from policing through the courts and the prisons and everything else in terms of the way that black people are disproportionately discriminated against, and that's the issue. And so I want to have that issue addressed. That doesn't mean I hate police officers, but this idea, police officers can't be held accountable and people talk, oh, they have a hard job. Yes, they do. They they chose it. Nobody chose to be black. That's their skin color. They're being discriminated against and victims of police brutality and victims of racial oppression because of the color of your skin. Police are being criticized for the actions of some In a job they chose, there's no equivalency there whatsoever. And they chose the job. And here's the reality. When you are in any public job, I don't care if you're an elected official or you're a police officer or anything else, we pay for it. We pay for it. And we not only have the right, but the responsibility to hold you accountable. And if you're uncomfortable with that, being held accountable, then find another job. Very, very interesting look inside
2: the NBA bubble. Don't know how this is gonna play out, but it does look like basketball will resume at least some point before the weekend, maybe during the weekend. Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. Speaking of doing what you gotta do, we gotta do some Hawk and Crowder next. Keep it right here on the best of the Joe Show. It is the best of the Joe Show. Running back some of the best audio you've heard here on 560, the Joe over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day and Hawk and Crowder. They're getting to the serious issues. The big issue today, Adam Gase. Of course, then they also transition into talking about the true big issue of today.
1: Well, we got a lot of stuff to cover today. There's no question about that. And uh, obviously, it is... Adam Gase and the Jets trading for Kalen
7: Balaj. I mean, what is happening here? Different lead than I would have went with, but yeah, 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 it's a story, huh? We got us a story.
1: There is a national shame going on. And it is Adam Gase as an NFL coach in New York. He's trading for Kalen Bellage I mean, was there going to be... I, I'm going to get into the serious stuff here in a second, but it just came across from Ian Rappaport at NFL Network that Kalen uh, Bellage who was going to be released by the Dolphins, a uh, spectacular failure here. Apparently, Adam Gase and the Jets have decided to trade for him.
7: Let me tell you a secret. Uh, a leopard can't change its spots. Have you ever right. heard that? Yep. Bro, he brought in Jay Cutler because he knew him. He brought in Julius Thomas because he knew him. He's bringing in Kay Balaj because he knew him. Jay and Julius were terrible, and Kaylin's going to be terrible. Gates are special, man.
1: So, the official uh, tweet from Ian Rappaport plot twist The Dolphins are trading running back Kaylin Balaj to the Jets for a conditional late round pick, source said. Miami had planned to release him, but the New York Jets stepped in before it was official, and the two have a deal. (laughs) (laughs) Like, honestly, this is the funniest thing to me, though. With all that's going on in the world and in sports, for Adam Gase to be piqued by the notion that Kalen Balaj was going to become available is just so bizarre to me. I'm so glad he's gone.
7: You know what? He thought he was sneaky too. <laughs> hey guys, Kalen sneaking through the cracks. You
1: I don't want is- him to, I don't want him to get grabbed by another team because I'm sure a lot of teams are gonna try to grab him when he clears waivers. Like, this is uh, happening no, me at lunch.
7: <laughs> I'm about to throw out my carrots. Somebody asked me, can they have my carrots? I say, yes, <laughs> I was gonna throw them out anyway. Yeah, you can have the carrots.
1: Right, but then the guy goes, but I'd like to trade you a ding dong you're like what hell yeah I I, I literally just said I was gonna throw them out it's like no take a ding dong all right ass eyes so uh what do we know so yesterday we were on the uh we were on the air and it was about four o'clock and the news came out because we were getting ready to watch the Bucks magic game and the news came out that the Bucks were not taking the court and there's been a long path over you know 22 hours now and in a couple hours it'll be 24 hours but a a long path uh that has been taken but it, it it brings us to where we are now which is the season is going to continue the playoffs are going to continue they had apparently uh the players a contentious meeting last night um, word was that LeBron and the Lakers and Kawhi and the Clippers had decided they do not want to continue playing this season, and they walked out. But then there was uh, more conversation throughout the night, and the latest that we've seen, Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN says the uh, the playoffs will continue. So, um, you know, I, I, think, um, I think you saw, to me... You saw something um, pretty amazing last night, which was not just the Bucks. And we talked extensively how the Bucks got there because Kenosha, where the shooting happened, is right there next to Milwaukee. But you saw this confluence of events afterwards, right, where the MLS players decided we're not playing. And a number of baseball players and teams decided we're not playing. And the WNBA players decided we're not playing. And I think you saw something pretty amazing last night. And oftentimes it takes stuff like that, real big attention-grabbing stuff to foment real change. And so uh, I applaud everything that happens. And as a sports fan, I applaud the fact that there's going to be a continuation of NBA basketball. I don't know where you stand on it, but that's my, my feeling.
7: Hawk, big apl- just 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 round of applause to the NBA players because I was thinking about it this morning and that's you know watching ESPN first take Green and everybody this this is the story and I'm I was thinking and I had to be honest with myself I couldn't have boycotted when I was playing mm-hmm. and I know football is different and I we're gonna and to be honest we'll talk about it day Hawk because we're gonna see because it's sad to say but before the NFL season's over you know there's gonna be another shooting now I right. I, I, I knock on wood I hope I'm wrong but we're gonna see with the NFL but. For these players to do what they did yesterday, was it? I think I think we're using the phrase "yesterday" of just a, a a situation of perfect events just falling into place where they're in the bubble, they're so close, they're a door away from each other. They can talk, they can communicate. But my question about this is, how is this going to be converted into meaningful change? We're going back to where we were, Remember before the bubble, Hawk, they were talking about not coming. The Lakers mm-hmm. again, they were talking about not showing up, mm-hmm. and we had the conversation of. Are you a distraction or a platform? We're right back to that conversation right now. Is yeah, playing I, a is it a platform? Hulk? Black Lives Matter on every single court you watch. Every court we've seen in the entire playoffs, you see Black Lives Matter. You see the equality. You see the, the, the message on the top of the jersey with the name on the bottom. You're looking at that. You're seeing that. But is that creating change? And I think this is the question the players are asking. All that they've done, and I want to give a shout-out to Adam Silver and the, all the NBA's try to do with imaging in the jerseys. But is that really making change? And these players are, are I think they're, they're struggling with that decision.
1: Well, and, and I would say this as the voice of reason, and I'm an optimist anyway, but think about it. This started in March or April, you don't create this kind of monumental change in our country, in any country, in a span of a couple of months. No. And that's the reality. What I think happened yesterday, and you said it, the, the the perfect storm, right? You are locked in this bubble. You can't even feel like you're with the people in your neighborhood, you know, in Kenosha for the Milwaukee players. and And so you feel helpless. And I would imagine there's that, you know, feeling um pent up in the bubble anyway like you've you've got just you know a pent up uh i don't want to say anger but like a pent up feeling of you know uh, not having the freedom to move around and see your family and whatnot so you're already on edge um but i would say to you as an eternal optimist uh i do believe change is being created and i believe things are heading in the right direction and if you had said to me in april will there not be another shooting of a minority by the hands of police uh you know in august and i'd say no like this kind of change this i mean this is you're talking about generational change here i understand you know are you back to where you started no i i think real change is being made if you thought that putting slogans on jerseys in the court and starting out interviews with messages of social justice was going to change this country in four months, then you're just being foolish. It's a long road. This is a long road, and we are a microwave society. We want stuff done now. Uh, You know, I always follow the stock market. I'm telling you, back in the day, if the stock market moved one, two, three, four points, that was big. Now you want 200-point moves, 300-point moves. It's a different society. But the notion of, you know, one playoff bubble changing policing and thoughts, that people have had for hundreds of years would be foolish at best, in my opinion. Uh, And I think they handled it right yesterday. I think it was perfectly handled. We're so angry, we can't play this game right now. I get that and then after you we've all done this in life right you get angry about something and you're you're you are ready to throw your tv against the wall right you're, something happens and 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 in that moment you want to throw it against the wall and then a few hours later you go okay all right let me let me think this through a little more and uh, and i think that's what happened and and so i think it's uh i think it's all in in the name of good i think it's all moving everything forward the way that it should but do i think that there won't be more flare-ups like this? No, it's a long time. Go ask any civil rights leader. Go ask any ERA, Equal Rights Amendment, women. Go ask women leaders from the 70s when they were fighting for the Equal Rights Amendments. Like, go go ask how long a, uh, a change like that. You want it to happen instantly, but it doesn't. It can't.
7: Bro, Emmett Till was in the in nineteen fifty five. Rodney King right. was ninety-one. And now we have August twenty twenty with Jacob Blake. We have the George Floyd movement. It's it, it's it is what it is, and like you're saying, I went back to fifty five just to show that way from then we've had this problem, and I hope it's not it doesn't move forward as long as it's been in the past, because it's way before that. It's hundreds of years, it's it's the systematic oppression, it's everything that we've talked about. And Hawk, with the with the the thought of boycott and talking about what the players were were discussing, and now the reports came out that, okay, they are going to play. They want to finish the playoffs. I have to think about it, man. When my son asked me about the George Floyd and this movement, and hopefully this is the catalyst to make change, Hawk, will I talk more about a six-game loss, or I talk about the 2020 season with no NBA champion? for the first time in decades. You right. know what I'm saying? Like a boy, a boycott, if you think about big picture, a boycott will be talked about like Muhammad Ali and, and, and Colin Kaepernick. Six games missed in two-day span is not going to be discussed as a movement or something that really caused change. Agreed. But if it forces the hand
1: of others that have a vested interest in the league or shows, hey, we're unified in this. Like, we want, we want to work. Most people want to work. I mean, that's the truth. Most people want to work. They want to work. But we also want to see change. Again, I think if it moves things in the right direction, then you're doing the right thing. I feel like, and remember we had Cornbread Maxwell on yesterday around this time. And Cornbread said to us, and this was it was only being thought about as a possible protest. And, uh, and he said, I hope they don't. I think they'd be missing the, the boat on this because I think their platform is when they're playing. Hawk
2: and Crowder. Afternoons 2 to 6 right here on 560 The Joe. Thank you so much for spending time with us this evening. Remember to have a lot of peace, a lot of love, and stay very safe. If you have anything for me, at Dan Day Radio on a Twitter and all the social media. And of course, I'll be back tomorrow night for a Friday edition. That's always going to be sweet because it's a feel good Friday with some reggae music and some feel good information and in sports right here on the Best of The Joe show. Later, Slug.